The legendary House Speaker Tip O'Neill once said, all politics is local. And as we ramp up to the election, of course, we're going to have a special election show uh, next week on the program talking about all the ballot initiatives. On this program, we're going to take a segment here and talk about one issue which is very much local and very much near and dear to our hearts. This is the matter of waste pickup in Sacramento, the city of trees. There's a lot of leaves that fall from those trees in Sacramento. And the city council, in its wisdom, is trying to change how those leaves get picked up. Now, uh, if you read the Sacramento Bee, and we hope you do, there was a long piece in this by Ryan Lillis talking about uh, the, how the fate of the claw, which is what it's called, is, is up to voters. It was implied in that piece that uh, the city officials are pretty confident uh, this measure is going to pass since no one has bothered to set up a political campaign supporting the cause. This is not to say there is uh, there's not some significant opposition to this. And at this point, we're going to, uh, to speak with someone who wrote, or at least was involved in writing the rebuttal to the argument in the voter pamphlet. That would be Annette Deglow. Uh, welcome to Radio Parallax, Annette. Thank you. Happy to be here. This is a bit of a complicated issue to kind of outline in a few minutes, but, uh, but for my money, this is a service the city's been offering for quite some time, very successful, and there are so many leaves, as one, wrote, one writer wrote to the bee, that you can have enough for uh, equivalent to a, a small car, and they want us to put these in bins. So I want to start out talking about how uh, this has been going on for a long time pretty successfully, and, um, and, and it does have a lot of people that are in favor of it. We, we would agree that, that the curbside collection has, has been consistent, it's, it's been efficient, and it's been cost-effective for years. Uh, changing it uh, about, oh, I say, say it was about six to seven years ago, the city started to institute the containerization program. And from that point on, uh, it began to deteriorate as far as the efficiency. And, and at the end of the line, here we are six, seven years after they've tweaked it repeatedly, and everyone city officials and the people who actually designed the program are quick to tell you it's inefficient, it's confusing, and it's overly expensive. Yet they want to switch over to that program. Well, a lot of the reporting keeps mentioning how almost everybody in Sacramento has one of these green waste bins. What they don't tell you is that they announced with some fanfare a new voluntary program to enroll everybody, and then everybody was given a bin. Unless you called them up and said, get this thing out of here, which I did, then you're enrolled in it. That's absolutely correct. Actually, they asked us by the time they got to our neighborhood. I, my husband and I said, we called in and we wrote in and said we didn't want it, and yet they still dropped it off. But I happened to see them, so I ran outside and said, no, no, I don't want this. You put it back on the truck. My other four neighbors on our court were not home, and they had to fight with the city to have them come back and pick it up. I have a lot of elderly neighbors in, in my uh, neighborhood, which is in East Sacramento, and some of them are just not able to get up and, and do, you know, trim their trees like they would like to. So I provide this service for them because I like to do it, but it's easy on a lot of these houses to create, again, a gigantic pile of leaves. And what is it, how does the city propose to go with one waste bin at a time and, and correct this? They're going to loosen the street pickup during November, December, and January, which in actually... 
in their their original plan, they did it in October, November, and December and January. So so that's not really going to change that much. <clears throat> what they aren't going to do is is provide those spring collections. That's probably where the biggest flaw is going to come. Also, one of the things, and if you think back to last year, I don't think in the history of, of street collection or collection of our leaves have we had anything that was as disorganized as our last uh, November and December. And, and part of the problem is that, yes, they have converted to the containerization 90% of the uh, residents, of the, of the customers. And then they turned around and they asked the PLAW, which had been collecting 10%, to do 100% collection. There was no question that that was going to pose a problem. Uh, to their credit, I think they've purchased seven new plaws. Uh, Interestingly enough, as they are terminating the plaw for the pickup, they have put out $700,000 to buy seven new ones. Yeah, and then I've got to stop right there. I'm really puzzled about this. If they're good, this is supposed to be a big cost-saving measure, and you're going to curtail treatment, why do you go out and buy seven more trucks? Well, I want to make sure that, that uh, they don't do what they did last year, probably, and they, they have to make really sure that the voters continue to, uh, to vote for this. This has been a nine-year plan to get the voters to be uh, taken in to support this plan. And they're even telling them they're going to hold the cost. Well, they're not going to hold the cost. They're reducing the um, recyclables by 50%. They're going to reduce street sweeping by 50%. They're reducing the um, collection of the street pickup by probably 5 to 10%. So they haven't been totally up front, and everything has been designed at getting the, the voters to suspend and you have to kind of look at the wording. All you're really doing in this election is going from no mandatory containerization to mandatory containerization. It doesn't tell you anything about the plan that they're going to have, just that when if you vote for T, you now have mandatory containerization. As it is now, they cannot mandate containerization. The ultimate plan at the moment, and, and if you read the grand jury report, they're actually planning to go to every other week for or rotating, shall we say, of recycling and greenways. So when you support Measure T, you are ultimately supporting not only containerization, but collection every other week of your green waste materials. Well, you know, as I read the rebuttal, which, which I guess you folks wrote to the argument in favor, you right away talk about a 2012 and 2010 grand jury report, which I'm sure that most, of, most listeners and myself are not that familiar with. Why was a, jan a grand jury convened in this matter? There's been significant mismanagement to the tune of $21 million Whoa. of utility funds. <laughs> and, and they were put on notice with the 2010, and they continued to do it. And so the 2011 and 2012 report come in uh, very heavy on them. Understand, green waste is being used to cover some of the other mismanagement. Green waste is not the, the culprit here. It's wet garbage. We're paying right now... Uh, $55 a ton tipping fee, okay? Do you, do you know what a tipping fee is? Most people don't. No, don't. When, when your garbage truck goes out to the landfill and they dump, that's called a tip, and you pay a fee for it. Well, the standard fee is $42 a ton. We are paying a private industry to go and dump our garbage, and we're paying $55 a ton. Uh, we're, we're paying an additional $13 a ton for our tipping fee. That's, that's 
being transferred to us with our bill. And, and maybe to help your listeners understand the value, our recyclables, and this is the other half of where the expense is coming in, our recyclables go to a private company for processing, okay? So when you put your, your aluminum cans into your blue container out there, that goes to this private company, and that company pays the city of Sacramento $40 a ton. So whatever they collect, they weigh it, and they get $40. The city gets $40 a ton. That's equivalent to $0.02 cents a pound, okay? Okay. If you were to take your aluminum can to the recycler yourself, you would get $1.90 a pound. The city is getting $0.02 cents while the private company doing this is, and actually the company being a certified recycler doesn't get $1.90. That's what you would get. The certified recycler is going to get $2 and maybe as much as $2.25 a ton. All we did when we privatized was pass all the savings and all the, the, the earnings to a private company, and the city of Sacramento now and, and your recycling people are crying that the industry is making all this money off of us. Well, you're the guys that set up the contract, but now yeah. they're tampering with the green waste as a way of making up for some of this added cost. We are, as the, as the city, city of Sacramento, uh, if you look at all those that are within the county, we're paying 38% more for our collection than Galt, Folsom, Citrus Heights, Elk Grove, Rancho Cordova, and the county of Sacramento. Our, our rates are 38% higher than theirs. Wow. And it's all, it's all about the contracts that we set up with our wet garbage and our recyclables. Nothing to do with green waste. Mm -hmm. uh, little to do with green waste. Let's, let's not say nothing, but little to do with our green waste. One final thing, Annette, I, all this lobbying that's going on with the bee and everybody else to convince them this is a great idea, uh, is it possible they spent some uh, government funds on that? Oh, I think we took great issue with that. We, we've sent a letter to the grand jury saying, that, you know, hey, I think they, they used all of our public resources to promote this issue. And, and uh, if, if you ever talk to Jay Bolton, he'll be quick to tell you that everything they did was in violation of Measure A. So, yeah, that's, that's his big thing is that, you know, and, it's, it, and he's true. It's correct, absolutely everything he said. But unfortunately, that's sort of the old saying, you know, you can't fight City Hall. City Hall has spent the money. City Hall has convinced the people. I mean, they're telling them they're going to save money. They're going to save money. You're paying, you're, paying, you're paying full price for half service. So when you pay full price for half service, that's not holding the cost. And then they're threatening that, you know, hey, if you do this, it's going to cost you $30 a month more for, for collection. Those, those are scare tactics, and yes, they are using public resources. Well, we on this program think you can fight City Hall, or at least engage them. We'll continue to do so. Annette Deglow, thanks for speaking with us, and then we'll, we'll have to review this topic again as, as things develop. Thank you for inviting me. All righty. Hey, Doc, what are you doing? Well, welcome, welcome back to Radio uh, Parallax, Lino Carollo, my, my neighbor down the street here as we, uh, as we um, are putting this uh, segment together. Well, I'm glad to be here, Doc. Uh, I guess I guess you've been hearing our part with Annette Deglau talking about the claw, which I know is a topic near and dear to your heart. It certainly is. <laughs> well, you know, I think I mentioned at some point during the talk, did I, Mr. McGlynn, I think it's said something about the fact that we were doing this in the neighborhood, and you would be one of the, the cases in point. Uh, uh, you, you've got a lot of trees, like we all do in the neighborhood, and uh, 
they need to be trimmed from time to time. So I was I was in your front yard uh, a couple of weeks back, and I know in the space of a few hours we, we chopped down enough to uh, to fill up a couple of bins. Hey, that is correct. In fact, we could have filled up the, about the length of my car <laughs> and about the height of my car, and the city expects us to put these uh, items in a bin. Well, yeah, I mean, if there's enough for, t- I guess what we would have to do is put it in one bin, and then I don't know what you do, st- I don't know what they expect to do, store it in your backyard, and then pull it out again and stick it in the bin the next week. I'm not sure what the plan is on this, but I don't think it's going to work. Well, I have to agree with you. It will not work, <laughs> period. Well, there you go. So I think I think you can be counted to vote no on Measure T, huh? Oh, you better believe it. Well, Alina, well, we're certainly with you on, on all this, but uh, I got a feeling that thanks to the fact that there has not been much organized opposition, the uh, the city's going to get away with this, and they're going to get this thing in, and we're going to be stuck for a while until we can figure out a solution. But it's great, though, they spent $700,000 to study how to keep the kings. That's that's uh, They've really spent their money wisely, obviously. Well, the kings are going to leave Sacramento in spite of the amount of money that they spent. <laughs> Most we, likely, they will go to Seattle, and I can care less. Well, we, we have a standing offer on this program. If, uh, if the Kings need help packing, we're there for them. You but, better uh, believe it. <laughs> hey, Doc, I have another thing to say. Yeah? Go Giants! <laughs> Fair enough. They, uh, we, we have not mentioned till this point. They were three down against the, the Reds, came back. They had to win three in a row, and they did. They were three down against the Cardinals, had to win three in their own, did, and this is, a, this is kind of shocking in a pleasant way. Well, there is a great baseball philosopher who said something about that uh, situation. Yogi said, it ain't over until it's over. Well, he, he's certainly been proved right on this one. Well, Lino, thanks for dropping by. Come, come by again. It's been a pleasure there. Lino Be- Carolla, my neighbor in, uh, in East Sacramento, and again, demonstrating how this program and a lot of programming on KDVS and, and, and also on KZFR is community-driven. Uh, Doug, we got a call on line one. Really? Uh, Radio Parallax, hello? Doug, this is Larry King. Long-time listener, first-time caller. The Larry King? Who else? Yes, Larry King. Look, I got to say, Doug, I was not impressed with that little quip you rattled off before. Oh, the little joke we had at your expense. Sorry. Yeah, you know, look, I've heard of the interweb, okay? I use it every day, you know. Where do you think I order garlic? Well, Mr. King, it's it's, it's a pleasure to hear from you. We've, we've, we've... Oh, I love KDVS. Are you kidding? What, Mick Mucus, the chicken years? I can't get enough of this stuff. We had no idea, really. Gil Metavoy, Crossing Continents, uh, Cactus Corners, Speaking in Tongues, and that Maggie Cat. I love the name. She's the cat's meow here. Well, Dr. I... Andy? I... I... I think people at KDVS are going to be shocked and pleased to hear that Larry King is a KDVS fan. I got to say, I'm not that crazy about that Al Jazeera, you know. But, hey, you know, Amy Goodman, you know, she's got a nice show, but it, would it kill her to crack a joke now and then? Well, she is a bit somber, we have to admit. We've, we've, we've observed that ourselves. Duluth, Minnesota, hello. Oh, sorry. So I understand you, you just moderated the debate uh, among third-party candidates, third, fourth, oh, yeah, fifth-party right. candidates. Third-party candidate debates are great. Make it a direct. They're honest. They tell it like it is. Unlike that Obamni, you know, those two guys are like a divorcing couple. They're spewing out the same stump speeches on autopilot. They're phoning it in. Wow. Speaking of phones, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hello. Well, anyway, Mr. King, it's certainly a pleasure to have you on board. I used to love listening to you on the Mutual Broadcasting Network on radio, and I guess, uh, I guess you're no longer at CNN? Well, thank you for those kind words. No, I'm not at CNN. They replaced me with this really great guy, this limey named Piers Morgan. Well, what are you doing these days? 
No, look, look, I got my own show called Larry King Now. It's online. You can watch it if you know how to use that interweb. You, so, okay, you're on the Internet. I, I, I was not aware of this. I'm sorry that I'm uh, to be ignorant here. but I, Yeah, I'm, I, I'm on the Internet. I got, I got a great demographic. 65 to 72. It's highly coveted, Doug. I Those see. advertisers are drooling over it. You got to tune in tomorrow, Doug. We got the show of shows tomorrow. It's an extravaganza. Okay. We got Engelbert Humperdinck. Okay. We got Liza Minnelli. And I understand Herman from Herman's Hermits is going to be there. <laughs> you meet Peter Noon? How the hell should I know? Well, before we go, uh, Mr. King, I just want to ask you, of all the interviews you've done, thousands of them over the years, who would you say was the yeah. most uh, most notable? Oh, that's easy, Doug. Yeah? Herbert Hoover. Really? The guy didn't seem like much, but off camera, he was a laugh riot. Herbert Hoover. You got it. You don't say. Look, Doug, I got to run. I got another debate to moderate, the one between my ex-wives. It should be a bumpy ride, Doug. I got to go. That was the legendary Larry King. You're damn right it was. <laughs> All right. Mrs. Brown, you've got a lovely daughter. That about wraps it up for today's show. Our thanks to, well, the late Senator George McGovern and also my producer over at Cap Radio to help with that segment, Benjamin Jonas. Thanks to Benjamin, that may be my favorite uh, episode of radio that we've ever done, because on that show we had George McGovern, followed by Daniel Shore, talking about uh, uh, Watergate, etc., followed by investigative journalist Bill Turner, a man who back in the 70s figured out who Deep Throat was. That was sort of a Nixon special we had at Cap Radio, and boy, don't you wish they did more shows like that? I sure do. All right, and our thanks also to uh, local activist Annette Deglau and uh, my neighbor, Lino Carollo, as well as, of course, the immortal Larry King. And uh, one final thanks to our musical correspondent, Kyle Larson, for digging up that wonderful clip of the Rolling Stones on Ed Sullivan. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. I'm Douglas Everett. We'll see you next week for our quadra-annual or semi-annual pre-election show. I'm not sure who's going to be uh, serving as wingman, but I'm hoping that we'll bring Sean Mitten back and talk about something besides sports. We'll see you then. <laughs>